Welcome to this episode of the Growth Cast. It is me, Jackson Campbell, again, um, here today, joined for our extended cut with another one of the coaches from the Multifamily Mindset. It is my pleasure to have Hunter Gasquet on the call with us today. Hunter, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, dude. Uh, We're super excited to have Hunter on today. Like I said, he's one of the coaches at the Multifamily Mindset. But before we dive into the subject um, at hand today, we're going to talk about a little bit about what sets apart a, a successful mentee um, from a mentee that may struggle a little bit. But before we get into that topic, um, Hunter, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your background, where you're from, a little bit about your family so the listeners can get a good idea who you are. Sweet, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, appreciate you having me on. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm Hunter. Um, a little background about me. I'm actually originally from California. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, moved to Tennessee when I was, uh, I think, six or seven. So at a young age and, and actually spent most of my life in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, but uh, I tell everyone I'm from Tennessee because that's just that's a better place. But, uh, you know, um, you know, I uh, I've moved around a lot. I lived in Massachusetts, Idaho, now Utah. Um, come from a pretty big family. Uh, I got three older sisters and that's just, um, you know, they got families now and that's growing. Um, but yeah, just, just overall got a big family and, and been moving around a lot. So that's just kind of me. I went to the university of Tennessee, you know, so go Vols, um, you know, I, I struggle to say that sometimes, but, uh, you know, <laughs> and enjoyed that process and, and studied finance there. Um, and then, um, I have a little bit of real estate experience working for a, uh, commercial real estate developer, um, and then was actually the controller for um, our in-house property management company there. So got some really good experience um, there before coming over here to the uh, multifamily mindset. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So yes, Hunter has great knowledge and great knowledge in real estate as he's continuing to build up his knowledge as well in market research and that type of stuff to identify good properties and good areas to invest in. Hunter is one of our coaches and does a fantastic job. Um, Also helping new investors. So Hunter, explain a little bit what it is that you do for the multifamily mindset. Yeah, so I'm, I'm part of the coaching department. Um, So, you know, I'm, I'm advising new investors on kind of the principles for successfully investing into the multifamily space. Um, you know, we, we deal with all types of investors from those who have no experience to those, um, some that have a lot of experience. So, you know, just nav- helping them navigate those waters and, um, you know, ultimately becoming successful investors themselves. So you talk to uh, new investors every single day. Yep. Every single day of all different types of all different walks of life. And that's exactly kind of what I wanted to talk about today is how you do that. The difference you've seen between, um, successful mentees or successful people you're coaching um, versus those that may have, may struggle a little bit getting their feet wet, getting getting started in in the business. So let's let's dive right into that and dive right into that subject. Um, Hunter, like like you just said, we, you talk to m- new investors, seasoned investors every single day, and those conversations, uh, I'm sure they they vary. You, you probably have some really high level conversations to some kind of lower level conversations as people are just getting ready, but I'm sure you um, learn things from both sides of those conversations and you observe um, things from people that are seasoned investors and newer investors. What have you, what have you seen um, between those two different classes of investors, newer investors or newer students rather into multifamily real estate versus those that have a bunch of experience? What are the biggest difference between those those two sets of individuals? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a, a couple things come to mind. You know, the first I would say the ability to be molded. Um, you know, those who are, seem to be the most successful come into this knowing that regardless of where you start, um, there's always things to learn, um, always new avenues of doing things, different options, um, you know, and so being able to be moldable, um, not only from us as coaches, but people, everybody you come in contact with, um, you know, I would say if you're, if you never want to be the smartest person in the room, right. Um, you always want to find people that you can learn from. Um, and ultimately part of that is putting your ego aside and understanding that, Hey, no matter what walk of life this person has been through, where they're at in their career, you can always learn something from someone. Um, you know, and the other thing too, I think is, you know, understanding that growth within this industry is not necessarily linear, you know, but rather that, you know, it does take a while. Um, and I, I call it kind of the snowball effect, but, you know, if you take time to build your foundation, the, the growth comes. Um, I think a lot of times newer investors try to force the growth. You know, um, I heard this um, actually recently, I heard this quote um, and it said, you know, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And to me, that speaks a lot of truth to this process, right? This is a huge, putting these transactions together is a large process. Um, you know, so understanding that this isn't a linear growth it's hey you know what i can learn a lot here let me focus on my foundation and you know the other things will come the money will come the growth will come all of that will come it's just understanding that i got to focus on my foundation right now no matter where you are in the process the foundation can always be improved on absolutely so as you're getting these seas let's talk about these seasoned investors that you're getting for a minute and they come in and they ask you, they ask you questions and things they may already have a good knowledge on. How is it, how is it coaching these seasoned investors? Do you find that harder um, than coaching newer investors? Where, how is it, how, I guess, I guess what my question is, is what do you notice in the the successful seasoned investors? What do you notice that they do when they're picking your brain about things so that these newer investors can take those items that these seasoned investors are doing and apply it to, to their business and, and how they're being coached? Oh, no, that's a great question. Um, first thing I'll say is I, I think, uh, you know, when it, when a seasoned investor comes to me, you know, first right off the bat, I notice that uh, they've taken a couple punches, um, you know, and uh, I mean that in a good way, right. They've taken punches and they've understood, okay, this is how I respond to that. Um, you know, adapt to those situations. Um, you know, one of the things I love about real estate is there is no black and white. It's all gray and it's about finding solutions. Um, you know, and so the seasoned investors, you know, when I talk to them, to me, they're not as frustrated with setbacks and, um, and lessons because they understand it's like, okay, this one door wasn't open for me, but there's another door somewhere I can get in. Um, you know, and so it's about pivoting and adjusting your strategy and your outlook so that you can find the solution. Cause I guarantee you it's out there. No, dude, that's a great, that's a great actionable to pull out for newer investors is mm -hmm. something that Hunter has noticed in these successful seasons and seasoned investors is they don't look at failures and don't get frustrated with those. They don't look at failures as failures. They look at failures as um, experience. They look at failures as lessons. I know that's really cliche and that's talked about so often, but 
as Hunter has been working with these seasoned investors, that's one of the things you've noticed is that they don't look at those failures. They don't get frustrated with those failures and they don't let them, they don't let those failures set them back, but rather use that as data to create maybe another opportunity. So that's, that's an, that's an amazing actionable. And as these newer investors come and maybe something's not working out, don't look at it as failure, but look at it as data to figure out a new solution, right? With real estate, like you're saying, there's a lot of not, it's not even necessarily gray area, but there's a lot of room to work to Mm -hmm. create solutions, which is awesome. So being solution-based is, is, is one of those things that you've noticed from, from seasoned investors that really have affected them. What else, dude, I kind of want to continue to pick your brain there. What have you noticed from seasoned investors that newer investors could apply to their business and their work ethic? Yeah. Um, Give me a second. Um, I know we've talked about in the past too, you and I have talked about reading. People read like these these seasoned investors usually are very articulate and very um, well-spoken because they read. What have you noticed there? Yeah, I think that's, you know, I I go a little bit more broad too and kind of like personal development, right? It is reading. Um, You know, if you want to learn, you read, right? If you want to think, you write. Um, You write those thoughts down. Um, But Ultimately, you know, to kind of build off of reading and just kind of understanding to me, it's asking why, right? Reading, you're, you're really finding a topic and it's explaining those topics. So you understand the why. And I think you can apply that those concepts to this is, OK, here's why this didn't work or why this did work. Um, it's, it's self critiquing. Here's what I can do better next time. Um, if you can understand the why of both pros and cons, this is a good and bad thing. Uh, you know, why those good and bad things have happened, most of the time that allows you to adjust and make action, take steps to improve. So next time it doesn't happen, or you can, you know, at least be prepared for the next one to come hit you. That's awesome. So let's add, let's talk about that really quick. A new investor has a failure. They fail at something. Maybe it's talking to a broker. Maybe it's in a failed LOI and LOI didn't get accepted or whatever it is. They fail at something. What should, what are actionables that they can take from a failure that's going to benefit them rather than hold them back? Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Honestly, the, the first thing I, I say is right. As soon as you experience that, right, you're in the motion of that setback, right? You're feeling, you know, kind of hurt, frustrated, whatever it is. That's, that's a crucial moment to sit there and whether it's whip out your journal, whip out a piece of paper is right. You know, ask yourself, okay, what could I have done better in this in this situation? Right. You brought up, you know, possibly talking to a broker that didn't go well. Right. Write down the questions that they asked you that you didn't know the answer to so that you can go out and find those answers. Um, you know, so I call it self critiquing as you're sitting there and say, OK, what could I do better? But also saying, here's what I did good. Right. You want to emphasis emphasize the good just as much as, you know, figuring out, OK, what can I do better next time? And then also reaching out to the people that you trust, you know, and your mentors, your coaches, your friends, your family and say, hey, can I just sit down and, um, you know, explain this situation to you and get an outsider opinion? Um, I remember early starting when I when I first started here, it was pretty early on. And, um, you know, I had I had an experience with a broker that I was just I couldn't wrap my head around. I tried all those things. and I actually reached out to Tyler and I said, hey, you know, can I set up a call with you? I'd love to sit down and just, you know, pick your brain on this, on, on what I can do better. Um, and it was, it was a fantastic call. I learned a lot about one, how he approaches things, but also, you know, he's, he sat me down and says, Hey, I look, I know how you function. I know how your mind works, you know, try this, 
this and this. And, um, you know, that just kind of made things clear and, you know, just built my confidence up again, you know, so talking, not only asking yourself those questions, but asking other people that know you, um, get some of that outside feedback and understand and that have been there. That have been there. Exactly. That have been there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so you know, the- on that phone, on that. Sorry to interrupt you. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go dive down in that phone call you had with Tyler. Right. You had a problem. You had an issue. You didn't know how to answer it. So you set up a phone call with a mentor to walk you through that that issue to help you understand how it how you can avoid it happening again. How did you, I know, I know this is something that we've talked about in the past as well, but I think it's valuable to talk about right now is what did you do to prepare for that phone call? What did you do? So you made sure that every second of that phone call was valuable. Oh, you know, I think one, knowing Tyler, I kind of knew what questions he was going to ask me. Um, you know, so I just try to brainstorm ideas there. Um, you know, and I, I try to put myself in kind of a mutual position. Um, you know, I, you know, whatever the situation was, I didn't want to, you know, get on the call and say, well, I felt this way or whatever it is. I really tried to be mutual so I could get kind of a um, unbiased opinion, Um, you know, and I just, I put my ego to the side. Like I was like, this, this has nothing to do with me personally. I want to get better. And in order to do that, I need to put that to the side and just understand that, Hey, no matter how I felt the situation should have gone or um, you know, my justification for the situation, there's an always areas for me to improve on. Um, you know, so just kind of getting that mindset before, before sitting down with him. Yeah. So uh, that's a huge actionable to take away as well as when you fail and you're going to your mentors for feedback and for corrections, it's to take emotion out of it. Don't get offended what your mentor is going to say to you because chances are Tyler probably said, Oh, this is where you messed up. This is where you could have done better. Do this next time. And somebody that's new to the process and trying their hardest and putting their all in their emotion into everything that they're doing could take offense to that could take could look at that and be like oh well maybe i'm just not good enough maybe i just can't do it my approach isn't the right way and it's just not a fit for me but instead of taking take that emotion out of it and be neutral like you're saying be have that mutual feeling of i want to get better and i want to learn and taking that emotional side out of it. So that's a huge actionable that when you're going to your mentors, take the emotion out of it. So you can really be in a neutral headspace to gain as much from them as possible without getting offended. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Hunter, what have you seen is the biggest difference between a uh, successful mentee or uh, somebody that you're coaching um, compared to somebody that may be struggling a little bit that you're trying to coach and help? What are the biggest difference between those two types of individuals? Hmm. Honestly, when, when you ask that question, one thing pops into my head is is self-belief. Honestly, um, you got to believe in yourself before anyone else will, um, you know, and understanding that you are an investor, regardless of where you're starting in in the process, you want to be an investor. So start acting like an investor. Um, I I heard, do you notice, do you notice that in new investors that come to you, the ones that are confident versus the ones that aren't? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you can, you can tell right off the bat. Um, you can tell from a progress standpoint, who's moving, you know, faster and, um, yeah, I, absolutely. It's noticeable. And do you, do you approach those calls a little bit different to somebody that's confident in themselves compared to somebody that's not? <sighs> yes and no. Um, yeah, that's kind of a hard not, question, but I'm just it, interested in that. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a good question. No, I, I would say no in the sense that I'm I'm very much just kind of a straight shooter. 
tell you yeah. how it is type of person. That's just kind of how I am. Um, but I also understand, you know, part of being a good coach, part, you know, part of being a good mentor is, you know, really understanding what the person is, is looking for. Um, and so, you know, I do approach those a little bit differently in the sense that, you know, helping, helping them understand that they do have confidence in this, right. They, they, they do, it's just about finding it, you know? Um, and, um, so it's a little bit different, but for the most part, I, I stay pretty straight and just, you know, say how it's supposed to be. Um, but understand that, um, you know, everyone has different walks and everyone's in, you know, different places and it's about just kind of digging deep and understanding, okay, I can do this. I do believe in myself. Um, so I, I try to extract that from, from those who, you know, don't necessarily see it or from what I can tell, you know, yeah. don't necessarily see that right away. Do you see a difference between the outcomes of these mentees that these people that you're coaching, uh, when they do have confidence versus rather when they don't have confidence, is the outcome much different? Um, yeah, I, I the outcome meaning their success, right? That their, their success. Yeah. Um, okay. If, if you ask that way, then I say, no, honestly, I, I would say the, the success comes from actual steps, right? We all have fear. Um, yeah. you, you can't get away from fear, but it's what you do in the fear, right? Is, Hey, I'm, I'm fearful for talking to this broker. I, I I'm nervous to talk to the sponsor, but you, you know, you got to just take that step, right? You just got to overcome it. Um, and honestly taking actionable steps coming, you know, overcoming that fear is what gets you closer to your goals. Um, and ultimately helps you become successful. No, that's awesome. That's a great answer. That's sweet. Um, one last question. The one last question as we kind of wrap up here, Hunter, is we've talked about kind of what separates a successful mentee from somebody that may struggle a little bit more. What can, what actionable items can someone that you're coaching do now before they get in contact with you um, to, to make the interaction with you as, as good as possible, as successful as possible, or getting the most out of that conversation as possible? Uh, um, oof. That's a tough one, actually. Um, you know, I feel like the best thing to do before, or, you know, when, when you're thinking about reaching out to me is one is understanding what, what your goal is for our meeting, you know, and talking to me, if, you know, and I know that's sometimes hard to do, but if you can understand that and, you know, come prepared with questions, um, I, there's no such thing as, you know, stupid questions or anything like that. Like just ask questions, um, you know, so have, have a list of those questions, you know, understand, okay, here's what I'm trying to get out of the meeting. Um, that way I can, you know, hopefully fulfill that and help you make that next step, um, you know, and also just, again, just willingness to learn. Um, I think a lot of times we're, we get stuck in our ways and, and think, oh, this is the best way to do it. But just saying, okay, you know, let me, let me approach this conversation with an open mind and see what I can get from it. Um, you know, but ultimately I know this is kind of a broad answer, but being prepared is taking the time ahead of, ahead of our meeting to sit down and say, okay, what do I want from this meeting and what can I contribute to this meeting? And, you know, just answer those two questions. That's awesome. No, that's so valuable. What would you, uh, Hunter, this is kind of a question that I didn't prepare you for, but I think it could be valuable. And I think you'd have a good, I think you'll have a good answer for it is if you are talking to somebody that's thinking about getting a mentor 
what would you what would you say to somebody like that? You right? You I'm sure you believe in mentors. You have mentors, but some a lot of people think they can just do it themselves. So what would you say to somebody that's thinking they can just do it themselves and that they don't need a mentor because either they they're either prideful, they don't think they need help, or they don't want to spend the money that a lot of times mentors cost. What would you say to somebody like that? Oh man. Um, Is it worth getting a mentor? Absolutely. It's regardless of if, regardless if you pay for a mentor or not, we all need mentors, right? Um, You know, I think a lot of people like to think that uh, we're in this walk of life alone, but ultimately, you know, one thing I learned at an early age is that, you know, if you can learn from people that have already been doing something, your growth can actually, you know, be a lot quicker. Um, you know, why, why try to attempt something yourself when someone's already been down that road? Um, you know, learn and then, you know, expand on that. Um, so absolutely, I recommend any type of mentor, whether it's for career, whether it's for personal habits, whether it's for anything in life, you want to pick up a hobby, you know, mentors learn from somebody. These people have spent time learning these crafts and ultimately, you know, I think from a personal level, anyone can go out and say, Hey, I can do this. Um, but why would you want to do it alone? Um, that's one of the things I love about, uh, the multifamily mindset is like, we're a group of people that just want to see each other succeed and want to help each other. And at the end of the day, that's one of the best feelings in the world is when you have people backing you, um, and you have people that you can rely on. Um, so absolutely. I recommend mentors, um, and just understand that they kind of come in all shapes and sizes. And although you may not think someone's a mentor, they actually are. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I I like that question for sure. Awesome. No, Hunter, thank you so much for taking the time today to, um, spit some knowledge and pull out a ton of actionables. There's so many things that Hunter talked about that one can do as a mentee, as we, I know we have tons of new entrepreneurs, whether that's in real estate, whether that's entrepreneur in your own field that listen to the growth cast, take these things that Hunter is saying, um, to heart because he has, he has been able to coach a lot of people to success, a lot of people to closing deals and a lot of people to getting deals under contract. So definitely take these things to heart and apply those things. Hunter, thank you again so much, dude, for joining us today yeah. and, and spitting some knowledge. So appreciative of you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Of course, bro. Thank you so much for tuning into the growth cast today. If again, if you haven't subscribed, left us a review or rated the podcast, please do it this time so we can reach as many people as possible. And as, as to, as Tyler always says, the only price we ask you to pay is to share, share the podcast with those that could benefit from it as much as you have. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Have a great weekend. Take care.